What's up, guys? This is Jeremy Platt, and you're listening to Between the Tackles. Let's go! You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. One man to beat. Still going. A 90-yard touchdown. Uh-oh! It's a foot race. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. He has one defender to beat. He's going to cut it back to the inside. Yes, he will. And that is a touchdown. Down the sideline. He will go. Touchdown. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. What's up, everyone? My name is Jeremy Platt, and I'm back with the Between the Tackles podcast, Quarantine Edition. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff from fantasy football to the NFL draft. But first, we are going to start with the George Kittle and Travis Kelsey contracts that just came this week. George Kittle's contract is five years, $75 million, which made him the highest paid tight end in the NFL with $15 million a year. And Travis Kelsey got it literally hours after George Kittle got his with a four-year, $57 million extension, making $14.25 million a year. Both are so well-deserved. They're Easily the two best tight ends in the NFL, and they're big difference makers for both the 49ers and the Chiefs. We've seen in the past years that if you want to make it to the Super Bowl, you've got to have a really good tight end. And if we look towards last year, both these teams made the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about why George Kittle, I believe, is the best tight end in the NFL, and I don't think it's very close. Not to say that Travis Kelsey is a bad tight end, but I just think George Kittle separated himself this year, especially as a blocker. But I'm going to start off with saying the two things that I think Kelsey's better at than George Kittle. Number one, he's a better route runner. We saw what he did in the playoffs against the Texans, and he he just understands the way defenders want to play him. He used to be a quarterback in college, and he switched in his junior year, and I think that gives him an advantage at understanding how the defenders want to guard him, and he has a different perspective than maybe, let's say, a George Kittle, who switched from wide receiver to tight end. That being said, I don't think George Kittle is very far behind. We've seen him improve as a route runner. We saw that route, that corner post he ran against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, where he scored, what, a 60-yard touchdown. He He's definitely getting a lot better. I wouldn't say he's at Kelsey's level. I think Kelsey's also better in the red zone, and I think Kelsey understands the, the defensive holes a little bit better. Having been a quarterback, he knows where to sit, and he has an amazing chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. That being said, George Kittle is also getting really good at that. He's getting better each year. The past three years, we've seen him improve every every step of the way. And he's really good at running that option route, which is something where you do need to understand the defense. The option route literally is how it exactly sounds. You can either run five yards and break out, break in, you could hitch, or just keep running. And we've seen in the biggest moments, George Kittle step up with that option route. We saw it against the Saints on the fourth and two, where he seemed like he broke, what, four tackles. He had three guys on his back while he was running down the field, got the game-winning touchdown. But he understands the defense because if it was a cover two, George Kittle can't do that because the corner's sitting in the flat. He'll pick it off or he'll blow George Kittle up. So I think George Kittle's not very far behind when it comes to understanding the defensive holes. Where I think George Kittle separates himself is what he can do after the catch and as a blocker. After the catch, there's no tight end or any receiver that are that's better than George Kittle. The only player who has more yards after the catch in the past two years than George Kittle is Christian McCaffrey, who I believe is the best, easily the best running back in the NFL. I love George Kittle's mentality about what he does after the catch. He has that Marshawn Lynch mentality of, I'll run through Mofo's face 
and he won't let one guy tackle him. That's the, the mentality that John Embry, the 49ers tight end coach, instilled in him. He's not going to let one little DB tackle him. you got to have at least two guys, and he's not running out of bounds. But where George Kittle makes him really special is what he can do in the blocking game. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in NFL history, and I know he's only entering year four. He'll pancake a guy. I don't care if it's Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, or Ricardo Allen. And the whole time, he has a smile on his face. He he loves to take the will out of his defenders, and there's that's really where George Kittle separates himself from Travis Kelsey. So for those reasons, I think that George Kittle is a better tight end than Travis Kelsey and is the best tight end in the NFL. The next topic I want to talk about is what quarterbacks that I would want to be with in the huddle within the final two minutes of a game. And I'm not going with those the easy the easy targets like Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. I'm going on the, a little bit of the wild side. And speaking of the wild side, I'm going to start with Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why I'm going with Gardner Minshew is because he has a little bit of crazy in him. And I, it's the amount of crazy that I love. He's got a little bit of Russell Wilson in him when it comes to making those off-schedule plays out of the pocket. And it, he's just he was surprisingly really good at it last year in just his rookie season. And I think he's a really big wild card guy. And I just I would want to see what his motivation is for if there's a two-minute drill that he has to run. And the next guy who's even crazier than him is, is Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is not only super crazy, but he's willing to take risks. He'll throw the ball up 50 yards in midair. And, you know, last year we saw Mike Williams come down with it. I don't know who's going to be that receiver for the Colts this year, but he's, I just want to know what he's doing to motivate his team. He's got that country accent, and I just, I love that he's willing to throw the ball up 50 yards and hope that his receiver makes the play. And I, I want to see what he can do to motivate his receivers, his offensive linemen, and his running back. I think that'd be so fun just to be in the huddle looking in Philip Rivers' eye. The next guy I'm going to is a little bit different from Gardner Minshew and Philip Rivers. It's Cam Newton. He has that Tyree mentality that I believe in myself. I believe in you. And he'll motivate the hell out of you. I think Cam Newton is on a, going on a different level this year. And we've never seen him. And we don't know what he can do. You know why? You know how I know this? Because he doesn't even know what he can do. And he's one of the players who I'm most looking forward to seeing this year. And now that brings me to my next topic is... Which players am I most looking forward to seeing in 2020? These can be rookies or just guys who we, I want to see a resurgence out of. And I'm going to start with his bud, Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of my favorite players ever to come out of the draft. He is my number one rated receiver to ever come out, followed by A.J. Brown and this year Justin Jefferson. And to be completely honest, last year in Cleveland was a little bit of a disappointment. I was expecting those monster numbers that we saw in his early years with New York. And I think this is the first time that his fans are doubting him. We've seen in the past the front office and his coaching doubt him, but this time it, a lot of fans aren't don't believe in him. And I think he's playing angry, and I want to see him take Kevin Stefanski's offense to the next level. We saw what Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs did with that offense, and I think Odell Beckham can be even better. And I want to see him dancing in the end zone, bringing that energy to Cleveland. I want to see Baker Mayfield be hyped up. I want to see Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, all these guys that they have on that team. And I think that Odell can bring new energy to Cleveland that they didn't have last year. And I we have to see Cleveland make a pay, playoff run. They have too much talent not to be in the playoffs this year. The next player who I'm most looking forward to seeing is Calvin Ridley. 
Calvin Ridley has extremely high expectations from the media, and he has extremely high expectations of himself. He's a guy who who has been disappointing in his first couple years. We thought he was going to be that 1,000-yard receiver right away, and this is the first year I think he'll be that, that actual number one guy on the other side of Julio. He's, in my opinion, a top three route runner in the NFL, and the the NFC South is really hard this year. I think the Panthers are a sneaky good team. We know what the Saints can do, and the Bucks have Tom Brady now. So if the Falcons want to make a push in this team, in this division, they have to have a guy step up, and I think Calvin Ridley should be that guy this year. Now I want to talk about a rookie who I'm really excited to see, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this will be Patrick Mahomes' best running back since he had Kareem Hunt, and he can be even better than Kareem Hunt in his rookie season. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is one, is one of my favorite running backs coming out of the draft, and he landed it in the perfect position in Kansas City. He's going to catch a lot of balls. He's He probably won't get that many touches in the running game because how high-powered high powered this throwing offense is for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this team, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can be the difference maker and help Kansas City repeat as Super Bowl champions this year. Another first-round pick who I'm really looking forward to seeing this year is Justin Jefferson, who was my number one receiver in the draft and my number one favorite player in the draft. I think Justin Jefferson is going to take on an even bigger role than Stephon Diggs had in Minnesota. I think he's going to combine both Stephon Diggs' route running and what Adam Thielen did as a reliable receiver. Justin Jefferson's hands are amazing. And and this was a guy who Gary Kubiak was calling plays for before he even drafted him. He's been scheming these plays up, and he's going to have opportunities to be that number one receiver, take it over from Adam Thielen, and be Kirk Cousins' go-to guy. The next guy who I'm looking forward to is another rookie, but he's more of a wild card. It's Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts has the potential to be the next Russell Wilson. You know, he was my number three quarterback coming out of the draft this year, and I think he's going to be really good. I just don't want him to be put in that Taysom Hill role for the Eagles, and I know Doug Peterson loves being creative, but I think he's more than just that wild card guy for for the Eagles offense. I think he can be the number one quarterback. But that being said, I also love Carson Wentz, so I'm curious to see how the Eagles incorporate that two quarterback offense, and if they'll let Jalen Hurts throw the ball, which I think he has an underrated arm. He's an amazing learner, and he picks up. We've seen him pick up an offense right away. We saw him move from Alabama to Oklahoma and become a star there. And I just think that Jalen Hurts can be so much more than what Taysom Hill is. The last player who I'm really looking forward to seeing this year is Teddy Bridgewater. We don't know what to expect from him. He was amazing in New Orleans. But that being said, he was on New Orleans with Sean Payton as his as his coach. And he had Michael Thomas at receiver, he had Jared Cook at tight end, and Alvin Kamara at running back. We don't know what he can do in an offense that's not as polished as the, as the Saints in Carolina. But I think Carolina does have weapons. They have three really good receivers in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and a guy who I'm really looking forward to seeing in Curtis Samuel. I think Teddy can be really good. He's in a really tough division. I think a top three division in the NFL. But if he can help get Christian McCaffrey, take some of the pressure off of him. This team can be in that playoff spot contention, competing for that number seven spot in the NFC. My next topic is players who've grown on me this offseason. These are players who I wasn't super high on early in the year, but as 
this offseason has gone on, training camp's beginning, I'm getting really excited about them. I'm going to start with a rookie, Henry Ruggs, who is going to be Oakland's number, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders' number one receiver this year. He looks more than just the speed guy, which I thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. I th- genuinely think he can be that reliable Tyreek Hill type of receiver who still makes plays down the field, but he can be used on screens. He can be used as a route runner, and he's a really physical blocker, and he puts a lot of will into it. So you got to give that up to him. And that one-handed catch he made in early in the training camp for the Raiders got me super excited. And staying in the AFC West, the next guy who's really grown on me this offseason is Justin Herbert. And I don't know if it's just from me watching Hard Knocks training camp and him making those balls into the into the nets, what, 25 yards away. But I think he can be really good for the Chargers. He can switch it up. He'll be a little more consistent than Philip Rivers ever was. And and he can be and he's gonna be more of a threat when it comes to out of the pocket, making plays with his legs. And this Chargers team is so talented. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. They've got a lot of guys who can make plays, and I'm really high on the Chargers. I think I don't think there'll be a team that makes the playoffs this year just because they have the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Broncos who look amazing in their division. But I think this team can be two years away from not only making the playoffs but making a run for the Super Bowl. If Justin Herbert is who the Chargers think he can be, I'm so excited for the Chargers team. And we're going to stick with another with another rookie and we're going with CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver from Dallas. I was really worried about him coming out of the draft because we never saw him really get pressed. What is he in the Big 12 at Oklahoma? We saw him go against these defenses like Baylor. And, you know, I didn't think he was as dynamic as a Jerry Judy or a Justin Jefferson. But these offseason training vids that he's been putting out, I'm getting he's getting me hyped. I'm so excited to see him. I think he can take over that number one receiver role for Amari, and I think he'll outshine Michael Gallup, who I th- think is amazing as a receiver. But he can be Dak's number one guy. And if we look back at what Mike McCarthy was special, like what he did in Green Bay, we saw him give a lot of the offense to Aaron Rodgers, and I think Dak Prescott will have a similar say to Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay. We saw Aaron Rodgers audible to those quick screens to Randall Cobb and CeeDee Lamb is he's born for that you know he was made for that he's amazing after the catch and his second best thing is those back shoulder fades which Aaron Rodgers was known for throwing to a Devontae Adams or a Jordy Nelson when Mike McCarthy was there so I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have those opportunities that those receivers had if Dak Prescott has that kind of leverage over the offense if he sees a blitz or if he sees a matchup that he likes the next guy I'm going to is in the same division it's Jalen Rager, who the rookie receiver, who he was honestly, I think he was outside of my top 10 coming out of the draft. But the position he's in, he has the, the ability to be the Eagles' number one receiver. Carson Wentz is an awesome quarterback, but he needs that go-to guy. I know Miles Sanders is going to be huge in that offense, but he needs a player on the outside like J- Jalen Rager to step up. You know, I love Jalen Rager's confidence. He's got some swag, and he reminds me like of an early Damian Lillard in the NBA where he just has that, he has that kind of that vibe to him where he's confident in himself. He's swaggy, but he doesn't really care about what other people think. So I'm excited about what Jalen Rager can do. I wasn't super high on him coming out of the draft, coming out of TCU, but he can be, be Carson Wentz's number one receiver. The final player is a player who's coming off of an injury with 
the Arizona Cardinals, who got traded to the Houston Texans for Desha- for DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, and that's David Johnson. I'm looking at that Texans offense from last year, and Carlos Hyde was a sneaky 1,000-yard rusher. You know, I think David Johnson's even better than Carlos Hyde is, and for the first time in what seems like, what, three, four years, David Johnson's going to have those opportunities to be who he once was, and I'm really excited about that. He looks like he's in amazing shape. He's got a new mentality going to a new team, and I'm really excited for David Johnson, and he's really grown on me since um, since March. So David Johnson was a guy who was coming off of injury. Now I'm going to talk about some other guys to just keep an eye out for coming out of, coming off of an injury, and I'm going to start with a big name with A.J. Green. You know, he's in the position to be Joe Burrow, the number one overall picks, number one receiver, and we saw what Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson did with Joe Burrow last year. And if AJ Green can get what uh, over a hundred catches this year, he's gonna be he's gonna be a beast in Cincinnati once again. We haven't seen AJ in a, what seems like a long time, and now this Bengals offense looks new and revamped, and I'm really excited about it. Sticking at the receiver position, we're gonna go with a more of an under the radar guy with the San Francisco 49ers and Jalen Hurd. Kyle Shanahan was so excited about Jalen Hurd from everything that we've heard is that Kyle Shanahan has plays for him coming out of the backfield as a running back. He's going to be that red zone threat for the 49ers, which I think they were missing last year. And he's going to, he's a super physical receiver. He looks like a cyborg. I'm super excited to see what Kyle Shanahan has scheduled for Jalen Hurd. And another guy who I'm excited to see what Kyle Shanahan has for is Jarek McKinnon, who was their big offseason acquisition a couple years ago. Jarek McKinnon, from everything that I've heard, all the 49ers players are super excited to see what he can bring to the team. I've heard Trent Williams talk a lot about him. I've heard uh, Jimmy G talk about him. You know, he's been waiting for this moment, and now he has the moment to be that third down back for Jimmy Garoppolo. Raheem Mostert will probably take first and second down, but... He's a Jarek McKinnon's a huge blocker. He is amazing in the receiving game, and he is a super fast running back. So that's another player who I'm looking forward to seeing. Moving on, oh sorry, the last player who I'm looking forward to seeing coming off of injury is Jonathan Abram, who was my favorite player in the draft in 2019. Jonathan Abram is a big hitter. He's got that old school mentality. And he's going to be a leader for that. He's going to be the vocal leader for the Las Vegas Raiders defense. And I'm super excited to see what he can do. Jonathan Abrams going into his second year. And now I want to go into some fantasy football. I'm really high on these second year receivers. And I would be looking to draft all these guys. We got A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, and even a guy like Nikhil Harry who will be... Uh, a big offensive threat for Cam Newton and that Patriots offense. These are all guys who I think are going to break out this year. And this, the 2019 receiver class is a really sneaky good class. We were all talking about the 2020 class with Jerry, Judy, and CeeDee Lamb. But this second year 2019 class is really good. And I think they're going to make a big difference for your fantasy teams this year. Now going into strategy, I recommend everybody draft a running back in the first round. I know that they have such a short a short lifespan as in their careers, which is why it's important that you got to get them now because there aren't a lot of guys who are going to be that number one bell cow guys 
And I would be looking for, I would even draft a guy like Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders over a Julio Jones or a DeAndre Hopkins. So I recommend everybody draft running backs in the first round this year. A couple of rookies who I'm excited to draft are, I got three guys, not talking about a guy like Justin Jefferson because I already talked about him. And I'm looking at Michael Pittman, the wide receiver for the Colts, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver for the Steelers, and Van Jefferson, the wide receiver for the Rams. All three of these guys are going to have a role immediately on the offense. Pittman reminds me of that big re- receiver threat. He reminds me a little bit of Mike Evans, actually, and he'll be have that Mike Williams role for um, Philip Rivers in 2020. Chase Claypool is a guy who I don't think we've ever seen a, quite like that. He's got that tight end body. He's fast like a receiver. And I think he's going to be a big-time, big-time target for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, who should be making a playoff run this year. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he took over that number one receiver role from Juju Smith, who I I absolutely love. But I think he's going to actually surpass Juju this year. And then Van Jefferson, I don't think he'll be that number one receiver. He's a late-round guy. You know, Cooper Cup's going to take away a lot of his targets, so is Robert Woods. But Van Jefferson, everything he did at Florida was just so smooth. He didn't get a lot of production because the quarterback at Florida wasn't very good. But everything is just so natural and clean that he does. It reminds me a lot of what um, Ocho Cinco did. You know, he's smooth like that. And I'm a big fan of Van Jefferson as a late-round guy, maybe in the 13th, 14th, 15th round. The final topic I'm talking about in this podcast will be about fantasy football and its players who I'm not touching in fantasy football. And it could be position groups or certain players. And I'm starting with the running back for the the running back core for the Broncos, which I think is might be the best running back core in the NFL. But they have two guys who are number one running backs and a really good third down back with Royce Freeman. So if I'm drafting a running back early, I'm not going to draft Melvin Gordon or Phil Lindsay because they're going to split the carries. I don't know. I don't think they can have two running backs who have over a thousand yards this year. We don't. We think that Royce Freeman's going to take away a lot of their red zone touches, and so I just wouldn't trust that running back core in the fantasy aspect. In real life, I love them. They're going to be awesome, but not in fantasy. Another running back who I'm not touching is Aaron Jones. I don't know what this, to expect from this Packers offense. They drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. They already have Jamal Williams. That's going to be a lot of that's going to be a lot of carries away from Aaron Jones, who I love, but he's not going to have that volume that he had last year. The next position group I'm not touching is the Jets wide receivers in fantasy football. I Denzel Mims is their number one guy. They dra- they signed Brashad Perriman, who had one good year last year but he was the number one three receiver in that Buccaneers offense. I'm not touching Jets receivers, and I'm also not touching Eagles receivers. And I know I talked a lot about Jalen Rager earlier in the show, but Jalen Rager is not a guy who I would draft early, maybe take a late-round flyer on him. But other than that, I'm not touching these Eagles receivers. That is it for me in the Between the Tackles quarantine podcast. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next time. Peace. What's up, guys? This is Jeremy Platt, and you're listening to Between the Tackles. Let's go! You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. One man to beat. Still going. A 90-yard touchdown.
catch I've ever seen. He has one defender to beat. He's going to cut it back to the inside. Yes, he will. That is a touchdown. Down the sideline. He will go. Touchdown. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way.